You get very intense on Twitter. I mean, you get into proper battles with people. Yeah. Why yeah, do you I take think. it so? But, but it, it so looks like battles. At home, I'm smiling. Are you always? I've got what? What? When yeah. someone's arguing with me that the Earth is five thousand years old, <laughs> yes, I'm smiling. Yeah, of course, I'm smiling. You know, the 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 fundamentalist view uh, of the uh, you know the creation of the Earth is rather like an episode of the Flintstones. Mm. So I, I I have I have to laugh at those sort of how things. How does your how does your atheism, which you're passionate about, mm. how does that play with your? American audience, given that so many people in America are God-fearing people uh, and probably take exception to it. Um, well, but they shouldn't. We talked about this last time. Why, why should they take offence that I don't believe in their God or any other God? And I'd say to them, you know, tell me the reasons why you don't believe in all the other gods, and that's the reason I don't believe in yours. And uh, I've got nothing against people believing in God at all, you know. Um, uh, in, in fact, if, if it you know, did make you a kinder person. If you only did good things in his name, then great, you know, but there's the rub. Uh, it's when uh, I see some of these religious fundamentalists saying that um, they've told their five-year-old children that if they turn out gay, they will burn in hell. That, to me, is child abuse. That's nothing to do with religion or spirituality. That's child abuse. Even though I don't believe in God and I don't believe, you know, unlike most religions, I treat all religions the same. I think they're all... Um, wrong, not morally wrong, but, but I don't think there, there is or could be a, a god. But if someone said we're banning religion, I'd march to not have it banned because it's your right to believe what you want, um, and it's your right to be wrong, and I'll fight for that right. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. This is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode, we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. So for this first story, we've got a uh, special guest. We've got Mike from the Merseyside Skeptics. His uh, podcast is Skeptics with a K. And uh, he's come all the way, you know, he flew just for this show. <laughs> I have to say, I really appreciate the hell out of this because, you know, we're a big goddamn deal here. You we know? are. Huge And we were deal. able to use some of our expense account occasionally to bring in guests. And we were able to get Mike in from the UK. And we flew him over to the States so that he could sit in a different room and record <laughs> this podcast. So Via Skype. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, you got to use Skype. It's just it's how right, this shit is done. Yeah. So, sure. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. fucking appreciative as hell. We want to go over a story here. This is a story from The Beast. Which I love, they mark themselves as the world's only website. That cracks me up. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is a story about Sally Morgan, um, or as they put it, Sally Morgan and other frauds. Sally Morgan, for those not in the know, is a psychic. Um, psychic it means that she knows shit she has no way to know. Um, and it turns out she doesn't know shit and uses the pop-off method. Of fraud. Allegedly. Can I can I put out an allegedly? 
I guess you can, but you know, yeah. I, mean, uh, I like to make blanket <laughs> statements without anything to back them up, Mike. I mean, that's... Li- libel laws are still a big deal here. This is something that you have to be I very know. careful about. She's already suing uh, one person over this. Yeah, I know. It's, it's there's a, we got to say allegedly. At least you have to say allegedly. I don't have to over here because fuck her. But uh, <laughs> but you know, like you have to say allegedly, and that's really. I think this is one of the things that I think I want to talk to you most about is how afraid are you uh, to sort of expose these people because of the libel laws are so delicate over there in the UK. Sally Morgan's something that, that, that we tackled on the Merseyside Skeptics when this whole thing kicked off, when she, she, she right. did the show in Ireland and there were some people on the back row of the, of the, the, the theatre said that they could hear somebody apparently feeding her information. So they, there was a, an open window behind them leading to a projection booth or some, some sort of thing like that. And right. they could hear a, a man's voice saying things like, oh, Dave, uh, and he passed quickly and he was quite old. And then Sally, five seconds later on stage, would say, yeah, I'm getting a Dave and he was quite old and he passed over quite quickly. So it, it is the pop-off <laughs> method that it's, is what right. it seems to be being described there. Uh, and Anusha noticed that this window was open and that you could hear this voice and went and closed the window and said this person then called up Irish Radio and said, I've got a feeling that this, is, this, this woman might actually be full of shit because how did this guy... Why was he feeding her information and that sort of thing? So what we did at the Merseyside Skeptics, we worked with um, uh, uh, with Simon Singh and, and Professor Cringe French from um, Goldsmiths University, and we um, uh, Goldsmiths College at the University of London, rather. And we we came up with this idea of a of a test. We you you can't just outright say, well, Sally, you're you're a fraud and fake it because that is libelous. And the UK libel laws are, are such a state that the burden of proof is kind of backwards. If if right. if, if um, Sally would. I would have to prove that Sally was a fraud. It wouldn't be the case that Sally would have to prove that she um, could do the claims. I would have could do the thing that she's saying. I would have to prove that she couldn't. If you see what I mean, right? Um, right. Which of course is impossible to do. I was so, going to say that's that's a hell of a, a burden of proof to live up to. It is. I mean, if, <laughs> in, in a court sense, it works because I'm the one making the claim. I'm saying you can't do that. So I'm the one making the claim. So from a legal point of view, I can see why they've put the burden of proof on on the on on the, this side. Um, but just from a practical point of view, when you're criticising claims like this, sure, it, the burden of proof is is then ridiculously high. And so people use the uh, the, the libel laws to kind of beat back criticism because they know that you're going to back down because you have to meet this burden of proof that's obscene. You're not going to meet. So rather than say, right, Sally, you're you're full of shit. Because, you know, we can't say that. And maybe she isn't. Maybe she does have magic brain powers. Who knows? <laughs> or maybe she invited God, and God was back there in the projector room. Exactly, yeah. And he was or, feeding her those You know, it could be that, that Sally's just a front for the act. The real psychic just sits at the back. He doesn't like the publicity. Uh-huh. He doesn't like the fuss. Oh, I like that. I, I like that. that. I yeah. had that, that explains why she needs the earpieces, then. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so, she needs the earpieces right. so she can hear the actual psychic. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a mute psychic. <laughs> Maybe it's one of those, like, get a sense, give up a sense sort of a things, right? Like, you're going to have some ESP, that's the plus, but you lose the ability to speak. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's a win-lose, <laughs> you know? So we figured that we, 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 would, we would challenge Sally on this um, by coming up with this thing called Challenge Sally, where we said, okay, well, on, on stage, as part of a stage act, she pulls photographs out of them. She has people to bring photographs, and she pulls photographs out of the box and makes this instant psychic connection with the person in the photograph and says... Oh, and I'm getting that this, you know, something head and chest, something head chest area or something like that. Yeah, he had a heart attack. Ah, oh, you see, I knew it was a heart attack. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> something like, to do with your head and chest that only leaves out my legs and arms. Like, <laughs> what, what, that, that, if, if I'm going to have a fucking malady, people, it's Tom. unlikely to not occur. <laughs> right. I don't know the person who had, like, something wrong with their arm most of the time that died. Yeah. You know? Yeah, sure. Anyway. Um, so we got 10 photographs um, of people who were deceased. Um, and said, uh, uh, we, we, we like anonymized them all. We put a code to it. Um, and I had half of the code and the other half of the code was, uh, Marsh, who's my co-presenter on Skeptics with a K. Right. Um, he had the other half of the code. Um, and we, we set up this, this, this thing called Challenge Sally. We, we got the, the James Randi Educational Foundation. They got involved. They put the million behind it. And we said, right, Sally, you're in Liverpool doing a show on, on, on this date. We're in Liverpool as well, because Liverpool's in Merseyside, and that's where we live. So we'll be here. There'll be a chair there. There'll be a test waiting. It's what you do on stage all the time. Come down, take the test. All you have to do is pull the envelope out and go, oh, that's oh. Janet. And, oh, uh, that's Simone, or whatever. Just tell us the name of each person in the photograph. You get 7 out of 10, which is the, the figures that the JRF worked out. There was a 1 in a million shot of getting 7 out of 10, and that's the, the odds they like to use is 1 in a million shot. Get seven out of ten, and you know that's it. You're passed, and you'll you'll have a, a respectable psychologist saying, you know, this person does seem to have genuine psychic powers. You'll have Simon Singh, respectable science writer, and you'll have me, some dickhead from Merseyside, saying, yeah, she's up for it as well. Um, and so I'm sure I know how this story ends. She showed up, and she was on time, maybe a little early, and she took yeah, the test, yeah, yeah. and everything went great. So she's a million dollars richer. So okay, go on. Right. She's a million yeah, dollars. So she's got um, her million. Was that paid in cash or? <laughs> well, oddly enough, instead of doing that, she 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 didn't show up. She informed oh, us via oh. her via her lawyer that she wouldn't be attending. Right, gotcha. sure, of course. Um, and it, instead, she is now suing um, Paul Zenon, who's a, a, a magician uh, from the UK, who wrote wrote an article called "What a Load of Crystal Balls." <laughs> <laughs> oh, clever bastard! Okay, so I got to ask you a question here, Mike. We see, we saw in the past that Peter Popoff, yeah. and if people aren't familiar with Peter Popoff, he did this. He did. So they're they're suspecting there's allegedly a connection, right, between what they're the similar actions between the two. Basically, he would have, and this was actually proven by Randy. So he would have his wife uh, collect cards from a bunch of people, and then she would read them to him, and he had a hidden earpiece. So he gets called out on Carson. Basically, you know, everybody everybody sees that he's a fraud. Yeah. He loses everything, goes bankrupt, all that. But he's back now, and he's selling miracle get out of fucking debt water right now. And I wonder, do you think it's even going to matter, even if she does get proven as a fraud? She's going to come back in twenty years selling fucking mood rings, right? Uh, yeah, I'm sure she is. You know, if if, if it turns out that that she's making it up, she gets completely busted on it. Uh, it causes a career to collapse. 20 years later, she'll, well, maybe not 20 years later, she, she, she's 60 years old now. Maybe she hasn't got another 20 years. But she's going to, she will come back. And, you know, that happens. It's, it's a never-ending fight, you know, on, on, on our side of the fence where we have to, we have to fight this. We're going to be fighting this forever. We just have to accept that. You just want to grab people and shake them awake and be like, did you realize this guy was a huckster back then? <laughs> oh, but now he's, you know, now he he's was, fine. It's, it, it's good. Oh, yeah. Now he's, now he totally has a connection <laughs> to God for his miracle to get out of that water. You know what I mean? Like, because what God is doing is spending his time instilling his energy into water to get you out of debt. That's what God is doing right now. Couldn't God just erase my debt anyway? First, you don't know anything about magic debt relief. 
Cecil, I, I gotta say, like, your I magic really debt, don't. this I, is embarrassing to our listeners, your magic debt relief knowledge is low. You don't do your research. That's the problem. There's your problem. Typical so closed-minded skeptic. So I know. She, so it, she bailed on you. She never did this. Um, are you guys going to try to challenge her again, or is the is the legal injunction enough to keep you guys away? Well, we're, we're looking at doing something. Uh, we're, we're talking about doing something annually, and it's probably not going to involve Sally every time, but it, it'll be like around. We're, we're looking at, at this, this idea at the moment of doing something annually every Halloween of kind of, you know, we'll, nice. we'll pull a challenge out there. And if, if, if you're a psychic, you can come along, you can take the test, you pass, you go on to the the, the JREF Million Challenge. Nice, you know, and nice. That, that's the kind of thing we're looking at at the moment, but it's still kind of up in the air and things like that. The other interesting thing about the Sally case is that um, uh, Simon Singh wrote a, a blog post recently where he went back and um, uh, uh, looked at the reviews of Sally's show. Now, this kind of all happened, this, this, this business in Ireland happened around the end of August, start of September last year. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think it was mid-September. I think it was mid-September it was um, when, when all this kicked off. And um, so Simon went back and looked at, uh, looked at the reviews. Now, if Sally was using the, the pop-off technique, if, I have to stress if in case right, Sally's sure. lawyers are listening. Absolutely. If Sally was using the pop-off technique, obviously the first thing she was doing when she was busted on it is stop using that technique straight away. So... Every show subsequent to that, she's got her hair brushed back over her ears. It's really obvious. Look, there's no earpieces here, and the audience will will be able to see that. And what you would do then, I would imagine, if I was doing this, um, is you'd fall back out on on your standard cold reading techniques instead of using the kind of semi-hot reading stuff of of being fed information by an earpiece. So Simon looked at the reviews of Sally's shows, and she's getting four or five-star reviews until mid-September when... Right. She stops using the earpiece, if that was what she was doing, when suddenly her reviews collapse down to about two stars where people coming out going, actually, that was a bit rubbish. And she, <laughs> she wasn't very good. And she got, she got a lot of stuff wrong. And suddenly her reviews are terrible at the point where she would have stopped using the earpiece if that's what she was using in the first place. Don't sue me. <laughs> <laughs> please, please, please don't sue me. Now, isn't it possible? No, I'm just just to play devil's advocate here. Isn't it possible that those weren't really earpieces? That they were <laughs> like psychic plugs, so that the psychic energy doesn't leak out of the head. You know, because maybe it take maybe you have to contain that shit. You know, like you gotta have a high pressure situation, so you gotta really plug up the ears, and it looks bad, right? It looks like an earpiece. That's damning. I'll admit, it looks real bad. But maybe they're just psychic earplugs that are crammed into the old ear hole, you know, to, to keep the psychic vibrations from leaking out willy-nilly. And then she takes those out, and all of a sudden, like, you know, she just doesn't have the pressure to be psychic. It's like she, she's not able to, to build up that same kind of internal yeah. viscosity Yeah, that's the required. psychic power leaking to, all over the floor. It's running right, off. The yeah. guys in the front right. row are covered in it. They're going home saying, I didn't know you thought yeah, that about messy. me. It's a fucking, it's like a Gallagher it's show. Like it's just a flying all over the fucking show, audience. Right? Next thing you know, she's going to be trepanning herself on stage just to get it out of there. <laughs> there's going to be, there's like poncho seats when you go there. It's like, oh, fucking show. I'm covered in psychic goo. This is, it's like Slimer runs out there. 
So if you want to hear more of Mike Hall from Skeptics with a K, if like let's say that you somehow stumbled upon this podcast because you had seen Skeptics in the K somewhere in the notes and you're thinking, man, I really want to hear more of Mike Hall, you're going to have to deal with us being really, really American and really, really foul for the next 40 or so minutes. And then we're going to have Mike on at the end of the show. So you're going to have to bear with us here. I'm so glad they haven't invented any kind of fast forward feature. I know. For if, we, if there media. was a fast forward for podcasts. Man. We'd be fucked. Uh, that wouldn't work out. Completely out of luck. <laughs> we, Lord, we just ask to, to be covered with the blood of Jesus. Open hearts, Lord. Open hearts. All right, so the first story we're going to cover is from uh, Huffington Post. I fucking hate this story, Cecil. This story is is ridiculous. Um, this actually story, this story calls to mind a uh, an interview that we did with uh, Sean Faircloth a while back. He wrote a book called Attack of the Theocrats. And one of the things that he covered in that book um, is the, the fact that uh, daycare centers run by religious organizations such as churches are exempt from most of the uh, requirements, the, the, the sort of health and safety requirements that govern private uh, daycare institutions and public daycare institutions. And as a result, you have a story like this. Child drowns in church baptismal pool in Indianapolis. Um, this story is fucking awful. It's awful for every fucking reason. A one-year-old kid wanders off. They can't find him. They have to send a team of searchers, emergency workers, to search the fucking place until they found the kid dead, drowned in a pool, in a baptismal pool. The only upside is at least he was baptized. <laughs> Well, he's definitely going to heaven. He's going right? to heaven. Yeah, going to heaven. The yeah. thing is, if you aspirate holy water. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, God. God, how did you even say terrible that? Terrible human being. Holy fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. You have brought us. Tom, that's a new low for this program. Bravo. Well done. Well done. Uh, okay, so I actually wouldn't this, have thought it would kill him. I thought it would yeah. just make him like a <laughs> it's superhero. Like, it's like that shit from the abyss. You know, you can just breathe right. that shit. Just, like, just remember when you were in your yeah. mother's womb yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It was only and a year Jesus ago. Jesus was feeding you water. What the fuck? <laughs> I, what, I, what I thought when I was thinking about this story, okay, so they don't have the same uh, – religious institutions don't have the same oversight that other daycare institutions do. Uh, when it comes to inspections and being qualified to actually watch children, there's all of these these uh, little bits of uh, ways in which they can jump across and skip ahead from all these uh, all the regulations that really, you know, are, I think, a necessity in daycare. Uh, you got to understand, I, I am not a parent, but I know that. Parents are fond of children. I, I mean, I, I'm not a parent, but I recognize like really their fondness. Pets. Yeah, they, I recognize their fondness, okay? So here they are. You know, you have the, the thing in the world that I think is probably the most important thing in your world. You know, maybe maybe it's maybe it's top three even. Top it's still three. very important. You know, it's your job, your car, then your kid, or something oh, like that, man, right? So car. <laughs> I got a sweet Camaro. <laughs> But but seriously, wouldn't you wouldn't you check out ahead of time and think, you know, I really want the best care possible for this 
for my child. It's like, you know, owning a Ferrari and being like, you know what? I could go to fucking Joe's fucking garage down the road where it looks like everything's parked outside and everybody parks really close to you and there's no gate. Or you could park it in an indoor lot. You know what I mean? Like, like if you have a child and you have the ability to get daycare, wouldn't you shop around at detriment to your even your fucking food budget right. to get the best daycare possible? Because this is the thing you care about most in the world. It's just it's baffling that you would be like, well, the reason I'm going to the, you know, to fucking the parish is either I believe the same things and I want them instilled with these values that I'm too lazy to instill them with at home or it's cheap. Those, I think, are the only two options you would go to the fucking, you know, the the, the church for. Well, I think that the thing is that people don't know that churches aren't subject to the same rules and regulations of private instances. I think that's little known. Maybe that's maybe that's the case. So, um, and yeah. I think also that there's a there's a level of trust that people have with their church that they don't have with private organizations. You know, and there is a, a certain amount of trepidation that one experiences when dropping your kid off for the first time. Fuck, I bet. And being like, well, here you go, strangers. Yeah. Here's this thing I like. I get a big tax break, so don't wreck it, you know. So there's, <laughs> there's daddy's little tax return. Come uh, on over here. And there's a lot of fear that goes with that. But I think that the church necessarily, because of the nature of the institution, it sort of exists to belay those fears. And I think the, the real tragedy here, besides the fact that this fucking family now has to grieve and mourn the loss of their of their child, which is awful beyond reckoning. But the, the real tragedy is that the church gets to. Um, reap the benefits of that trust while at the same time skirting the regulations yeah. that would that would make it a place that you could actually trust, that right. would make it a place where you could say, I feel comfortable having dropped my child off in daycare because I know, for example, that there's a sight and sound rule. You know, and this story mentions it. Most, most daycares operate with a sight and sound rule, which means that all children have to be within sight and hearing distance of an adult at all times. There can never be a kid where you can't hear or see them. That's fucking standard shit, right? Right. Well, that obviously didn't work here because when they realized the kid was missing, they had to call in a team of rescuers. How big is this church? <laughs> it's a fucking parachute. It's a in. one-year-old. It's not like the kid, like, fucking is a... It's not a cheetah, right? It's not like... <laughs> what the... <laughs> Oh, fuck, he's moving so fast, he's a blur, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a fucking one-year-old. Right, right. You know? And also, who puts a baptismal font in a place where a one-year-old can get to it? And, I mean, are you walking at one? Uh, yeah, some kids are walking at one. Yeah, most kids are. Not all, but yeah, it's, it's you know, there's variation. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not like the kid is walking with a swiftness yeah. at one. <laughs> it's not, I mean... He's not power walking at the mall here. <laughs> I can understand. Like, as a parent, like, your kid gets away from you. You're like, wait, where the fuck? I just... But sure. then you find them pretty fucking readily because yeah. it's been, you know, while you might panic, what you what you realize when you find the kid is it's really been 10 seconds, 15 seconds that they've been out of your sight. Right. And that's enough to get your heart racing. You're like, what the fuck? Where'd that kid go? I thought I had one. Right. You know, but... It, <laughs> Kids missing to the point where they have to call in a team of rescuers. Yeah, I know, man. That's a, this is a real tragedy. I, I hope that more people pay attention to this and don't go to uh, until they get regulated. You know, I don't mind that kids are going to these to these daycares if they're regulated. Like that's fine if they get regulated the exact same way that the rest of the daycares get regulated. But these are 
These are children, and this is a really important thing to be able to take care of children properly. It's not a fucking willy-nilly thing. It's not just like, well, we got fucking Bill's church on the front, so that means you can bring any kid in here, and it doesn't matter. You know, you've got to have this oversight. There's a reason why the government should be able to step in and say, this is, put the fucking kibosh to this thing. This place is out of control. And to not have those abilities to get in there and check these things out and make these checks to, to make sure that these places are safe— it's it you know the public should know so that they can actually make an informed decision when they're deciding on daycare right it's not like jesus is watching over you liberal utopian vision this this story is from Fox News, so you know it's reliable. <laughs> Indiana lawmaker urges state Republicans to oppose resolution honoring radicalized Girl Scouts. <laughs> All right. As a man who just ate a box of Samoas yesterday, right, right. I will say that that was radical. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> man, I didn't even use milk. There's enough fat and oil in those things. They just oh, slide right down the gullet yeah. without extra lubrication. You could, yeah, you could just put your mouth at one end of the counter and just have your <laughs> wife sort of slide them across. We line them up it's like, like dominoes yeah. is what we do. We have like a whole Rube Goldberg Samoa's oh, delivery that's system. Awesome. That's, that's awesome. That's now, it's like a bowling ball that gets hit by a shoe and a candle that burns a string. It's... <laughs> I never really say radicalized Girl Scout. I can't help but think of like the Black Panthers. You know what I mean? Like, and just I don't know why, but it's the, it's the image Black of Panther them sitting badge. around. Yeah, or or like one of those one of those communist organizations, those radical communist organizations that were in the United States back in like the '60s. They're all sitting around with their berets and they got like fucking automatic guns and boxes and boxes of ammunition next to boxes and boxes of cookies. Like, you know, it's the, this is the radicalized Girl Scouts. You've got to watch out for these a lot of people don't know it but thin mints are actually semtex yeah that's uh it's it's how they get that that specific flaky crunchy we need to get this door open get those thin mints (laughs) if you were to mix like a a a thin mint with like one of those dosi dos the whole fucking planet would go right up that's actually how they did the oklahoma city bombing They pack those two sets of cookies too close to one Radicalized another. Radicalized Girl yeah, Scouts. Can you imagine awesome. the, the fucking badges are like bomb making bad? Like there's like an <laughs> IED badge. You know, there's like a Nail sharpshooters bomb. badge. There's Pipe you know, bomb. yeah, that's like bad awesome. poetry badge. You know, like it's like the whole. <laughs> That's fantastic. The Girl Scouts aren't radicalized. I know. Well, you know, they are radicalized if you're a fucking, you got a giant fucking Jesus stick up your ass. Right. They're ridiculously radicalized then because they, you know, the thing is, is that I think people don't understand when they hear about the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts, they think that somehow they're intertwined. The only thing they really have in common is the name Scout. Scout, right. Like, that's it. The Boy Scouts really do focus on faith. They have a, an anti-homosexual agenda. There's a lot of things about the Boy Scouts that uh, that are in some ways bad, so, and especially to some people, people. There are some people that won't even deal with the Boy Scouts. The Girl Scouts, however, are not on the same wavelength. They are not on the same wavelength at all. I think they're a really progressive and, and cool institution. I, if I had a girl, I would I would encourage her to, to be a Girl Scout. I have a boy, and I'm I'm unfortunately not going to allow him to be a Boy Scout because of the problems with the, the organization. Just get him they, a cross dress, then he could just you know jump right into the Girl Scouts. Boom, no problem. Done. Well, yeah. they would accept him. You know, <laughs> here's would. the thing: they would, they would. It's not being radical to be non judgmental of other people. That's if that's radical. 
Like, you're such a fucktard. I can't even – we can't have a conversation. Right. Yeah. This is a guy, too, who admits – this is his quote. After talking to some well-informed constituents, I did a small amount of web-based research. Well, we know that that's got to be – I mean, that's what? fucking – that is, I think, the pinnacle of research. And that's, that's what we do. Yeah, a right? A small <laughs> amount of web-based research. I do a small amount of – let me tell you something. I did something. a small <laughs> amount of web-based research on this article. I read it. Yeah, exactly. On the web. That's not a way to make a decision. <laughs> I am hardly informed, sir. Come on. To admit – to admit, too, that, like, well, I talked to a couple of people and then I Googled for 15 yeah. minutes and now I'm going to oppose this bill to honor the Girl Scouts. Like, wow, you're the fucking worst lawmaker possible. This guy's such an uptight dick, too. You know what I mean? Like, these guys are this – is, this is, again, I think um, – there is a sense in this country, though, that feminism is, is a horrifying thing. There's still – I mean, listen to Rush Limbaugh. Still calls people feminazis. Right. You know what I mean? Like, are you serious? That's Dude, insane. Fucking, I can barely hear you back in the 50s. Can you speak <laughs> up, you fucking idiot? But the thing is, is that is that really, I think, I think the idea that women are equal is a terrifying thing to some of these fucking uptight fucking douchewads that are still in government and still in power. Yeah. That it terrifies the fuck out of them that somebody is, is telling little girls that it's okay, you guys are equal. Yeah, like, right. this is a fucking terrifying thing to him. It's making him fucking piss his sheets at night. Girls? Girls that can tie knots? Oh, my <laughs> God. What's next? Loady, loady. <laughs> Send this guy a samosa bomb. <laughs> this fucking story. I don't even understand this. This story is oh the pinnacle of bad decision-making on every level. This is How the fuck does this work? This is from... Uh, I like this. News4jax.com. It's from Jacksonville, <laughs> Florida News. So a Northside church in Jacksonville, Florida um, has got a pastor problem. <laughs> the problem is their pastor's a kitty diddler. Right, sure, yeah. And they know it, right? They know he's a kitty diddler. And he's been barred from having contact with children because he molests them. Sure, he likes to dip in the young end of the pond. It's So the church did the only reasonable thing. They right. banned kids <laughs> from the church, but not the pastor Sorry, from the sir, church. Sorry, sir, you're not allowed to come around children, so we won't bring children around you. Right. That you guys are, you have this backwards. Oh, man. You don't say, well, geez, we, <laughs> this guy is, that's like, I mean, I can't even, look, in my house, okay, okay, bears, okay, if there was a grizzly bear. In my okay, house. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm in with this thought experiment. Go that ahead. grizzly bear would be dangerous to me. Right, absolutely. Right? So I have a no grizzly bears rule <laughs> in my house. I don't allow any free-roaming grizzly right. bears. But admittedly, if a grizzly bear came in, you would leave. But I would not consider the problem solved. Right. Right? I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say, well, I got out of the fucking house. Done and fucking done. Can somebody nuke this fucker from orbit? I would get the goddamn grizzly bear up out my house. (laughs) What the fuck? Oh, man. You've got a predator, man. You don't just say, well, get rid of the prey. That's a... What? I can't even get rid of a predator, you stupid <laughs> sons of bitches. What I don't get, Tom, is, okay, now, I'm not a religious person, but I used to be, right? I used to be a religious person, and I look at, I used to think, when I was a religious person, that there was some closer to connection 
to the person who was on the on the dais up there on the stage, whatever they call it, the altar, whatever the fuck that thing is, right? Standing in front of the group, the congregation, he is closer to God than I am. How do you possibly look at that person who I think should be in some ways revered? And if you look at the word reverend, I think there's something in there about being revered, right? Right. Something in the fucking root of the word that indicates being revered. There's a root word in there. So this guy is a reverend and you see him up there. You're thinking, how do you possibly revere someone who is fucking, you know, diddling kids? This is not a good person. How do you sit in the pews and say, well, I got to leave little Timmy at home this week with grandma and just come in and and listen to my pastor who is a child molester? Or, you know, even if it's just statutory. I don't know how young these children are. No, I don't either, yeah. Um, So I don't know how how young the children were in comparison. Could have been, you know, I mean, could have been a 17-year-old girl. You don't know. You know, whatever the age of consent is there. Could have been one year younger. No idea how old the people are. But at the same time, how do you have respect for this person? Isn't that respect a necessary thing? I I can't even imagine how you write the church bulletin saying, (laughs) you know, attention congregants. Don't bring your kids to church anymore. Our pastor likes to fuck them. In this story, there's uh, a woman who came with a two-year-old kid. Um, that she that she babysits and tried to go to the church and she was turned away. Well, good, but really, I mean, that's I can't even understand the thought process is so fucking bass awkward. I can't I can't possibly understand. And then, like you said, how do you how do you sit in the pew and look at this guy and think, well, there's my moral authority, right? That's the guy. You know, I'm really curious to hear what he has to say about fucking First Corinthians this week. I've really been mulling it yeah. over. Yeah, I want to hear what the molester has to say. Yeah, you know, if only there was somebody who diddled kids to tell me how to live my life. Right, that I could be use an example. Right, that would you know somehow distill this book down for me. Man, this language in this old book. I don't know that I wanted to go through that. I don't know that I wanted to go through that filter. Right. You wouldn't filter coffee with an oil filter. Right. You know, that's exactly filter it, right? through this douchebag. It's like wiping your ass and using that and be like, oh, yeah. just throw that in the coffee machine. <laughs> oh, man, my coffee tastes like shit. What's ah. in it? Shit. There's shit in your coffee, stupid. Just because it's brown water don't mean it's the same yeah, thing. That's for sure. That's for sure. You learned that one the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> Never go camping with Cecil. <laughs> Why you said go in the pot? What do you want? <laughs> this is from uh, Bancroft this week, so it might not be available next week if you try this to find it. Only this, story. this week, only available. This, um, week. this is an editorial. I like this editorial. The, the title of it is "Time to Bar Saudi Arabia from Olympic Competition." Um, the thrust of this is that Saudi Arabia doesn't allow women to compete. They don't have women athletes in their in their uh, Olympic athletics. Sure. And so the idea is like, well, the, you know, the Olympics has barred other organizations, racist organizations, such as South Africa during apartheid. They were barred from participating in the Olympics. So Saudi Arabia should be barred. Fucking of course they should be barred. Absolutely. Where's, Makes- how, where's the counter argument? I, I don't know, Tom. It makes sense, right? How... What I don't see is if you don't field a team for both sexes, how do you even get in anyway? I don't know. Like, you're not even playing by the rules everybody else is playing by, 
where you're just fucking omitting an entire half of your population. They don't even have – you're talking in here like how they don't even have like real sports, uh, the ability to even really get into sports for a lot of people over there if you're a girl. Like what are you talking about? For real? That's what you're, you're – just fucking ban them. You know what I mean? Like we, we're, we're mad about uh, – we, we get mad about a lot of other things – but it seems like we gloss right over this sort of idea. No, man, that's a fucking misogynistic culture that doesn't want their women participating in any sport. Any sports? There are so many sports that women are way better than men at. I, I would like to see the Burka Beach Volleyball Tournament. That's hot. That would be. I mean, it's hot because they're wearing be a lot of clothes. But I mean, yeah, it's very hot. Very yes, difficult. It's a difficult yeah, thing to do. Around. They yeah. probably would not win. Too much. <laughs> yeah, like it's it. The, the the idea here is simple, right? I mean. You're a backward fucking com- culture. You're a backward country. You have backward ideas. You don't get to play on the world stage then. Sure. If you want to play it. with the grown-ups, you have to start acting like a goddamn right. grown-up. Absolutely. And, it's, it, you know, I think this is, this is one of those steps, one of those first steps that needs to be made. Because it's all symbolic, right? Right. The Olympics are all fucking symbolic. They're fucking utterly meaningless in every way. So they only exist as a symbolic set of games. So, great. Like, let's send a fucking message. As an international community, let's send a message that, like, if you're going to be a fucking misogynist asshole, you don't get to come and play at our games. No reindeer games for you, stupid. In the name of Jesus, we speak that. In Georgia, a school board president faces opposition simply because he won't reveal his religious preference. This is a story we found on the Friendly Atheist blog. Um, this is kind of incredible. This is, school board president just—he's not even—he's just not—he's just not saying what his religious views are. He's not saying like, well, you know, I'm a baby-eating devil worshiper, or, you know, I'm a whatever. He just not going to say. He's not saying. Right. Won't reveal right. it. And because they can't confirm that he's, you know, God fingering Christian, he's getting all kinds of shit. Yeah, well, and, the, and the guy who's this guy who gives a, an address here to the board says in his address, and I'm quoting from the the Friendly Atheist blog here, it says, As a born-again, spirit-filled Christian, I was alarmed that anyone would participate in such activities. And the activities he's he's referring to is that this guy belongs to a free thinker's society or a free think he has a there's a free thinker's website that this guy is connected to. Uh, that would participate in such activities, much less our new chairman, because these views can't help but spill over into the direction you you may take the education of our county's children. What what the fuck is he going to do? Like what the direction you would go is actually illegal, fucker. Like It's actually not fucking legal the way you would take them, you fucking uptight douchebag. So the fact is, is that that your spirit filled Christian way is not the fucking right way either, fucker. So what? These people want to Tom, this is it. We talk about this every fucking week. There's some jackass out there who wants to make his religion the fucking school religion. And then when when somebody finally comes up and says, hey, why don't we fucking sing a Muslim song? 
wrong, this guy's fucking underwear shoots right up his ass, <laughs> and he's flipping the fuck out. But as soon as it's like, oh, well, we want to fucking have prayer in school, we want to have him sing fucking hymns, and we want him to fucking have him praise Jesus in fucking biology class, that's fine. The moment you start t- saying any other religion, though, fuck that. That's that's off limits. Well, just keep religion out of school. Right. And that's what this this guy is. He's the he is the fucking perfect person Absolutely. to have on your school the perfect board. person. You know, I mean, you want to have somebody in your school board who's going to look at all religious views and say, no, none of those belong here. Right. No, none of that. That shit has nothing to do with history, biology, you know, English education. None of that. None of that shit. That's not what the school is for. That's what your church is for. That's what, look, here's the thing, Stu. If, if you want your kids to be indoctrinated into your religious beliefs in school, send them to private school. There's plenty of them. It's not my problem that you can't afford it. You don't get to say, well, I can't afford private school, so I'm going to send my kids to public school and then change the public school so that it acts like a private religious school. That's horseshit. You can't do that. That's... It's so far outside the realm of reality and reason and, and good sense. You know, this guy is going to get shit because he belongs to the, this, this uh, secular organization that wants separation of church and state, that wants removing religion from school. For, that's the guy you want on your school board. It protects all of you. Right. This guy says, he, this guy even admits, he says, because over 70 percent of, uh, is it Fayette, I guess? I don't know. Fayette County. Citizens uh, worship Jesus Christ. You know, seventy percent of us worship Jesus Christ is what he's saying. So therefore, this guy isn't representing us. It's like bullshit. You're forgetting about the thirty percent of people that don't. You're saying that's cool. All their kids get to learn about fucking Jesus because seventy percent of us believe in it. Right. Even though there's no curriculum in the United States that should be teaching fucking Jesus. Period. Right. It shouldn't fucking happen. And isn't the whole idea of religious freedom centered around? The notion that your religious beliefs are yours alone and that yeah. you get to hold them personally sacred without anybody uh, from the top down coming in and imposing right. a re- right. an ideal upon you. Isn't that the heart of religious freedom? Right. So if you've got somebody who's who's said, you know, that he, and, he, and this is a quote for you know, he says that he does not seek through his office to impose his beliefs on any on children or anyone else and that his beliefs are his and his alone. That's the heart of religious freedom. Right. You want it. I want it. We all want it. You know, so this idea that, you know, this guy is going to face opposition because he doesn't want to indoctrinate kids your way. What the fuck? That's not good for you. Yeah. They just don't get it. They don't get it until I, I really hope that other religions start to make I a push too. in this country <sighs> to try to get their uh, their religions in school. I really hope that people try to push. Um, and, you know, there's the joke movement, which is the flying spaghetti monster, right? right? There's that joke right. that, you know, like, well, let's put the flying spaghetti monster in school. The problem is, is that people know that's a joke. Exactly. People recognize right. that as a joke. you got to get people uh, uh, to push uh, Muslim, Hindu, Scientology? Jewish. Scientology, whatever you can right. into these schools yeah. to get them to try to push it in there and see the pushback you're going to get. As the Christians start to see their kids come home with, you know, well, you know, maybe evolution isn't true. Maybe we fucking are Thetans and fucking we were dropped into fucking volcanoes by fucking Zenith, you know. <laughs> right. Maybe that's the way the shit right. works. Yep. Then you'll see a fucking bunch yep. of people with their fucking paintings in a wad running and screaming to school, begging that they fucking pull religion out of there. That's what really needs to happen. 
So we're going to take a quick break and uh, give you all the ways that you can find our show. You can uh, contact us on Facebook, on Twitter. You can call us. We've got a Google voicemail set up for you. Uh, We'll return in just a few minutes for the interview with Mike from Skeptics with a K and to ruin the rest of your day. You can email these assholes at dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. For more information on this or any other episode, visit the Cognitive Dissonance website, dissonancepod.com. Like our show on Facebook to join in the conversation. Just search for Cognitive Dissonance in Facebook or go to our website for the link. You can converse with us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at dissonance underscore pod. Help us out by retweeting and reposting our shows. You can call us and leave us a message at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Long distance rates apply. Your help is fucking greatly appreciated. So Cecil, we have to talk about the problems in Afghanistan that are going on right now related to the uh, accidental burning of the Quran. Um, This is a story from bostonherald.com, but you can find this story anywhere. It's a huge story. Um, Basically, there's been riots and protests and uh, at least two dozen people, two dozen people killed. Um, because at Bagram International Airport, some uh, Qurans and uh, other holy texts were accidentally burned. It was evidently not an intentional thing. It wasn't like they were having a fucking Quran burning, but some Qurans made it into the pile. I don't know why they were burning books and shit. That seems like always a bad idea. There's, has there ever been a story that started off with book burning gone well? You know, like... What? It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Right. We were burning a fucking load of books, and it was suddenly the best of times. How many people died? At least two dozen. They're saying two dozen. Holy shit, that's a huge fucking omelet, Tom. <laughs> that's an enormous omelet. This is the Wait. most delicious riot ever. <laughs> no, but seriously, two dozen people, that's a lot of fucking people to die over what could be. You know, even if it was a fucking purposeful burning, I still don't see a reason to fucking murder someone over right. it. Right. Now, you had an interesting analogy earlier, and you brought it up, and I thought it was very interesting. It had to do with a love letter. What was that analogy? Sure, like, uh, just, you know, imagine the most sacred object in your life. Like, imagine that there, there, you had a love letter from, from your wife or, you know. Or maybe a deceased, let's say you had a letter from a deceased Sure. Make make the letter as as important in your life as you could possibly imagine right. a fucking write, written down thing to be, right? It's it's the fucking dying words transcribed from your mother on her deathbed. Right. You know, the, and and your mother was a saint that raised you by herself, you know, and fought sure. six bears at your birth. Just a lot of to, bears in this show. You know, come on. I mean, <laughs> so so this would be a significant fucking letter. Okay. Right. Now copy it again. Okay. Now copy it again. Okay. Do that about a jillion times. Can I copy the copy? Is that allowed? You can do that, yeah. I've, um, cop- I've copied it a jillion times, yes. and I have a jillion copies, so, which is not a real number. So now it is, yeah, a jillion is <laughs> it's hard to get to. Uh, it takes a it's long time. Tough. It's an imaginary number. <laughs> it's it's I. It's just I. <laughs> it's, t- it's, uh, it's a small J. <laughs> it's one J. <laughs> Now, so, okay, this is a very important letter, but you've got a lot of copies of it. A lot of them. Yeah, yeah a jillion of them, it turns out. So if you ever want to refer back to it, right. not a word. I, I have a jillion copies. You've got I'm one jillion blind. copies. I am fucking set. Not two jillion. Don't get crazy. Okay, no, we're not getting crazy. There's not enough copies. All right, copy now, Cecil, I'm taking one right. of these letters. I'm burning it got right it. in front okay. of you. Oh, Burn it. 
yeah. burning it. Look at it flip. Look at it go up. Look at it. You see that? That's horrifying. That's fire. You know what? I'll, here's the here's deal. I'll give you half a jillion. Oh. <laughs> you could burn I'll a burn whole. a half a jillion of them. <laughs> How do you feel? You're going to kill and me? I'm not any different oh, at you're all. You're not murderous. <laughs> you're not filled with murderous, hateful no, rage. I, I am not going to kill two dozen of your loved ones. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way, right? Like, I'd just right, be like, right. I could just read another copy of it. Sure. You didn't kill my... Like, here's the thing, guys. It's not like we killed Mohammed. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like... It's not like they burned the original manuscript. Right. Right. It, it's Even if they burned the original one, right? Like, like that's the thing is, like, you made a bunch of copies of it, but let's say you took the original. That might piss me off. Sure. They're not burning the original Quran. <laughs> <laughs> if they are, shame on them. Because yeah, that's an, you know, it's an important book, obviously. You knew well, that wasn't an accident then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously, though, this is this is it's ludicrous that people flip the fuck out over this stuff. Um, I think it obviously is very culturally insensitive. You know, I think it's you know, there is something to be said as 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 much as we're going to mock these people for flipping the fuck out and, and actually murdering someone for burning a book. I think that it's a it's a you know, I mean, it's just a fucking a giant gaff to to not realize that something like this would happen. Oh. Uh, you gotta be, you know, you you missed the fucking foreign policy dinner. You know, you really just did not understand what the fuck you were doing. It's uh, it's in the pamphlet, like yeah, so. No you're kidding, going right? to Afghanistan, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, Please do not burn any of the following things. And the only thing listed is Quran, it's a list right? Of shit yeah. to burn. <laughs> it's again. I, I go back to this idea that, unfortunately, in the West, there's a lot of people who have this idea that. The Islamic world is on a hair trigger all the time, that any insult to Islam is going to result in uh, reprisals and and, uh, recrimination and violence. Um, And I think a lot of people have that feeling because if you burn a book, 24 people get killed for it. Imagine, Cecil, if um, people put together uh, 100 copies of Demon Haunted World. Right. And burned it. That has happened. Yeah. That has almost certainly happened. Yeah. Um, I don't think there would be any uh, real outcry. People would be you like, know, there's a lot of copies of that book. Yeah, I'm not like, really terribly worried about it. You just it. wasted a lot of paper. Like, this, though, I think leads, leads you to, you know, you have to have a magical worldview to feel like this book has some sort of inherent value other than it just right. being a fucking piece of paper with some shit written Right. On. It's a magic book. You, yeah, it's it's, it's an absolutely book. it's a fucking wizard book right. because there's no way that you could look at this book in any other way without a magical worldview to see, you know, I mean, you you go to a place every week to pretend there's a God. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so so you obviously this is yep. not a big stretch of the imagination that you're going to sit there and think that somehow this book is imbued by your creator. So so it makes sense that these people <laughs> are going to flip the fuck out because they're already they already have a magical world. Right. Every so Quran is like a voodoo doll to Muhammad. He's like, yeah. they get burned. He's like, ah! Oh, God. Stop putting pins in this. Could you take the bookmark out of my ass? Every time you open it, it feels like I'm being ripped apart. It's so fucking Got a ridiculous. paper cut right on my anus. And again, I want to point out that CS and I both understand that this is also very largely a cultural issue between the yes. East and the West. Like, we, we fucking get it. Yeah. We do get it. But there's all, you know, there's, there's that, uh, there's that whole thing, though, that we go back to all the time, you know. 
Yeah. Is there a lot of cultural differences? Is there a lot of things that happen that are cultural differences? Yeah. But you know what? Magical worldviews lead to a lot of crazy shit. And this is one of those things that help that helps fuel this fire, so to speak. It doesn't put the the fire fire out. Let's let's say that with the it's not a fucking fire extinguisher. It's not like somebody runs over with religion. Yeah, and it's and, like, whoa, yeah, whoa, calms whoa, a situation whoa. down. You've never heard them calm a situation down with religion. That's for sure. <laughs> right? No kidding. Whoa, yeah. whoa, this is getting out of control. <laughs> Call Jesus over. Bring me a preacher. <laughs> That's who we Get need. Jesus in here. He's a hell of a moderator. <laughs> Bring me a preacher. Get all the kids out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> Abortions for all. <laughs> Very well. No abortions for anyone. Hmm. Abortions for some, miniature American flags for others. The Virginia State House Committee overwhelmingly approved a bill requiring women to have an ultrasound before they can have an abortion. Um, This is a story that you can find at thinkprogress.org. The thing is that the overwhelmingly um, most abortions are before 12 weeks, which means that the only ultrasound um, that can be done prior to 12 weeks is an intravaginal ultrasound, um, which basically requires that a woman seeking to have an abortion would have to be penetrated um, because the state said so in order to have this ultrasound before she could have an abortion. And the rationale for this is so stomach-churningly awful it's basically that, hey, she didn't mind being penetrated in order to get pregnant, so she shouldn't mind being penetrated now. I am fucking shocked at this. Uh, this is another way uh, for people that are against abortion to shame women, right? This is another way that w- that they can use to shame women. This is created, obviously, by some male who thinks it's no big deal. Hey, man, they had a dick up there before, so we should be able to fist fuck them and find out if they have a fucking a baby up there, right? You should have to see the baby. Again, it's, this also, it's also this, you know, I'm going to make you recognize that what you're doing um, is you're, there's, there's a potential, some potential for a human life there, and I want you to recognize that potential before you, before you terminate this, this pregnancy, before you, and what really it is is a fucking lump of cells at that point. It's up to 12 right. weeks. There's really nothing there. It's completely unviable outside of the womb. There's never been a fucking 12-week-old fucking baby that has fucking survived. And I'm not – I haven't even researched this. And I'm going to tell you this flat away. <laughs> I haven't even researched this at all. But I'm going to tell you flat away that the thing's got to be, what, the size of a quarter at that point? It's got to be a tiny little thing. So the idea that somehow – you know, this is going to make women change their mind. And that's what they're hoping, right? That's what this bill is even there for. So that they somehow will change their mind because one, they don't want to get fucking penetrated by fucking Dr. Jones with his fucking fist and this fucking wand. Or two, they don't, they don't, uh, they're not interested in, you know, having to go through all this thought, thought experiment bullshit that you're going to force them to go through. You know, there's already a lot of fucking, uh, a lot of shame in our society already on getting an abortion. There's already a lot of fucking decision making and hard rending decision making that goes into an d- abortion already why do you have to complicate shit for people why do you have to fucking make them feel like that this is a shame law this is a four fucking shame law you know and that it's a way to control women's bodies control the reproductive systems um it doesn't address 
the issue of, you know, rape and incest. Because, you know, the whole rationale, well, you consented to being penetrated in order to get pregnant. Fucking, I didn't consent if I was raped. Right. And now you're going to rape me again. So we have Mike back here at the end of the show to talk about uh, his endeavors over in the UK. Mike, uh, you run a show with uh, two others. We couldn't get you all on, obviously, because it would have just been fucking bedlam on here to have five people on. But you run a show. Well, the, the other two are shite as yeah. well. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So you run a show with, uh, with Marsh and Colin called uh, Skeptics with a K. What, what, what's your show about? It was about uh, 2009, uh, February 2009, I, I decided to, to set up Merseyside Skeptic. It was my New Year's resolution, actually. I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knuckle down, I'm going to do something about this, this whole fucking bullshit in society. I'm going to set up a, 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 like a skeptic society and we'll, and we'll get on with it. So I put a, a, a note up and on, on uh, uh, meetup.com and said, hey, we're, we're setting up. So the first guy to get in touch was Marsh. And so Marsh and I first okay. met like, nice. a few weeks after that. Um, and we we just hit it off. You know, we had a rapport. We would bounce off each other and things like that. Um, and that that was fun. I would start a stupid joke. He would finish the stupid joke. We'd bounce the stupid joke around. And it all it was kind of good. And we thought we should stick a fucking microphone on the front of this, you know, because this, <laughs> this is actually quite entertaining. Um, and Colin's there. Colin's kind of like a moderation rod in, 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 a, in a nuclear reactor. That's what Colin's there for. We, can, we, we just lower Colin in to, to stop the reaction going out of control. Um. <laughs> That's a great visual. I have this image of like you guys standing in front of a microphone just laughing, and he's like coming down like lowered from above. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, we have to winch him in. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's what the show's about. It's it's the, it's the conversations that Marsh and I have anyway. Uh, we just throw a microphone in front of them uh, and and have Colin there to calm us the fuck down when when we go insane and off off onto some crazy tangents. That's like our show without the yeah, moderator. Yeah, we just don't have the moderator. That's, <laughs> yeah, you guys need a moderator. Get that. Get a moderator in there. Yeah, just calm the whole a, thing down. Third party. So uh, so the Mercy Side skeptics. How many people are involved in this in this group? Um, oh, blimey. Well, we, we run Liverpool Skeptics in the Pub as well, um, and, and which is kind of a model that I stole from being a Doctor Who fan because um, uh, I'm i massive into Doctor Who and I was involved in Doctor Who fan community for, for wait, years and wait, years. Wait, hold on a second. People in, people in the UK like Doctor Who? Oh, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who's so big over here. It's brilliant. It is the, it's the biggest show on TV. It's magnificent. Um, um, when I was I was involved in Doctor Who fandom, and what what we did in Doctor Who fandom was we had a a, a group like an organisation, and that organisation would put on events. So we'd put on conventions, and we'd put on like smaller monthly meetings and things like that. And, and in the UK, scepticism well, at the time was more sceptics in the pub based. Sceptics pub was the point of of the organisation. There wasn't a separate organisation which also did sceptics in the pub. So I t- kind of took the model I was used to from from Doctor Who fandom, and applied that to scepticism. Oh, okay, yeah. And so we set up a society, a Merseyside Skeptic Society, and one of the things we do is organise Liverpool Skeptics in the pub, and we do other things as well, like we, the 1023 campaign and uh, QED and the podcast, and all this kind of comes under the auspices of, of Merseyside Skeptics, and the other Skeptics groups around the country are kind of picking up on that model and doing that as well, which is, is cool and fantastic. And I sit here going, oh, you're really setting up Doctor Who fan clubs and you don't know... <laughs> 
have no idea what they're doing. Awesome. We we get I think we get about 150 people turn up at a good skeptics wow. in the pub. Um, at, at, at a good yeah, but in terms oh. of people actually hands on involved, it's it's probably you know more in the region of kind of 20 people who actually pitch in and do the hard work, but. But people who actually come along to our events and, and, and like, know who we are and turn up regularly, you know, you well, maybe, like, 150 people. So you, you mentioned QED. You have QED coming up. Thanks for taking the time, by the way, to, to, to meet with us, especially with this big event that's coming up. Can you tell us what, what QED is? I think we have, like, maybe, like, four British listeners, so they may show up. So if you could just tell them, you know, what QED is. Yeah, QED, uh, again, it comes from Doctor Who fandom. I was... <laughs> <laughs> I find that shocking. When I, when I was in Doctor <laughs> Who fandom, I used to organise Doctor Who conventions. I did three or four Doctor Who conventions. Um, and then I, I, I stopped doing them uh, and then got involved in scepticism. And I thought, you know what, I want to do a, a Doctor Who convention again, but I can't really get away with it in scepticism. So I've done a science fiction convention without the fiction. So it's just a science convention. <laughs> that's, that's, nice. that's, how cool. it's, that's how it's pitched in my head. Um, that's that's the the tone of what we try to do. So it's it's kind of like it's a kind of it's like a skeptics in the pub that lasts all weekend. Um, and so we we we've got um, you know a, a dozen or so speakers coming down, and we'll uh, have talks going on over the weekend. There's two parallel tracks run along, so you'll you, if if you think you know what I don't fancy hearing about ghosts, you can go in the other room and and hear someone talking about you know some something that's more hard science if you want to do that. So it's a weekend event. Kind of structured like a science fiction convention, except instead of inviting, you know, like David Tennant, we'll invite Richard Saunders or uh, or, or, or DJ Grothy or whatever. Um, and it's so, so it's this big weekend long event. The bar is a really central area of of the event. There, nice, nice. <laughs> so it's kind of what I what I have in my head is that going going to the bar is the default. If and something has to be really good on the main stage to drag you away from the bar to go and see it, but otherwise it's kind of be. <laughs> let's just spend most of the time at the bar, right? Um, right. And it, yes, it, it goes on for like uh, two days, and it's in 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 a hotel in Manchester. What hotel? It's the uh, Mercure Piccadilly Hotel um, in in central Manchester, um, uh, which we we've, we've got like the the whole things there for us. Uh, oh, except which is brilliant because this happened last year on the floor below us. Every Sunday, there's a load of big happy clappy Christians come in. Um, oh, nice! <laughs> and you guys have like, like, sort of like it's like a, it's almost like when Manchester United plays another team, and you guys get into a big fight. Then, right? Like, there's yeah. so there's like a riot, like a little riot, mini riot in the hotel. Then at that point, no, we we, we did all go down and peer through the window to watch them clapping. <laughs> oh, look at the Christians! <laughs> Are they sweet? Oh, look at them there! Like <laughs> Uh, do you find like uh, that there's a lot of uh, atheist skeptic crossover over there? Because over here, um, we find that there's a lot of a uh, lot of crossover over here where there's, you know, like most of the time the skeptic community is also atheist. What about over there? Uh, yeah, massive. I don't, I don't think I know of a religious skeptic personally. I don't know. I, I, I mean, maybe there are some and they just haven't told me, but I, I don't know anybody who is who believes in God. Uh, sometimes we get people who say, oh, I'm an agnostic, and I say, well, so am I, technically, but yeah, right, right. I'm still an atheist. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend those things are mutually exclusive. Yeah, you can't act on agnosticism, Is it as much right? a topic of conversation yeah. over there? Um, the atheist sort of, uh, the, the, I guess the atheist uh, conversation that comes up over here all the time is sort of the secularization. We want to keep... Uh, you know, religion out of politics as much as possible. Yeah, uh, separation of church and state, that, that that whole business. Um, yeah, yeah, kind of. It's it's an odd thing that um, 
religion in the UK, because we, we have an official state religion. Church of right, England is our, yeah. is our official state religion. And the, right. the Queen is head of state and head of the church. So technically we have this like kind of official ingrained state religion. But because of that, you look at it from a free market economics perspective, the church doesn't have to try because it's the official state religion. Whereas like over in the States, you've got um, no official state religion. There's wall of separation between churches. So the churches compete with each other and the best church is right. And then you get this kind of capitalism, free market economic system. So religion is massive over there. <laughs> where 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 you don't have a religion and it's right. pathetic over here where we have a state one because it's kind of withered on the vine because it's it's kind of grown complacent um so but so a, a lot of what we face over here when 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 dealing with atheist topics is partly we have the the case that there's there are bishops in the house of lords so the the UK political system we have the house of commons and the house of lords mm-hmm. um, and both houses have to pass the bill for it to for it to become law and um, there's bishops in the House of Lords that are just, they're not elected, they're just bishops. They're in there because they're oh, bishops. Oh, they just get appointed, huh? Yeah, they're just appointed bishops. We'll just put some bishops in. And it's something like half the, the House of Lords is bishops, which what? is fucking insane. What? To be fair, they can only move diagonally. That's true. <laughs> so that's, it's difficult for them to zigzag their way around the issues. Technically, that's all they know. do is zigzag. <laughs> But most of what we face over here is people going, well, what's the big deal? Religion does no harm. It's tea and cake with the because that's what Christianity is over here is having tea and cake with the vicar, and that 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 that's it. And so trying to get over to people that actually there are wider issues here um, right. is is quite difficult. Um, the other thing that's a problem over here is 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 you guys are fucking exporting your evangelists. Your evangelists are, are getting rich. Oh, dude, you can't fucking pin that on us. I can. I can and have. You have gullible people over there, too, and they latch onto that shit. So that's not just us. But you're getting the big U.S. megachurches are starting oh, to God. fund outreach programs yeah, absolutely. in the yeah. U.K. Absolutely. So we're, we're getting the Pentecostalists suddenly turning up and, and, oh, and snake handling in the streets or whatever the fuck luck. they want to do. Good fucking <laughs> luck, man. Handling in the streets. Well, I mean, you got it. The thing is that I, I think they feel, um, you know, like they've got to look out at, at, you know, the third world, like the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> and branch out. <laughs> I don't know how they could possibly think that, like, that's the place we're going to set up a mission, <laughs> right? Place like, that well, seems like utterly uninterested in religion. Let's go over let's, there and see if we can set see. up. I think they're pretty much uninterested in this nonsense. Much more, Let's go. There's much more low-hanging fruit in the world. Like, you could easily... I I don't understand that either. I don't know why they're going over there either. But are they getting a, a popular following? Uh, it, it, it is. Fundamentalism is on the rise in the UK. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that oh. it's, it's massive. And most people still think religion is a bit of a joke. I mean, we we just had a, a, a census here last year, and the results have, have not been published of that yet. But the... The previous census showed that I think it was seventy nine percent of the population identified as Christian, and um, recently um, they, they've just done another census. But the week after, Richard Dawkins did his own census as well, um, and said to people, "What did you say on the census? You know, if you if if you did the census, or if, or if you didn't do the census, what would you have said?" And he got the figure out to be fifty four percent. Holy it cow. identifies as Christian because a lot of people are kind of moving over and saying, well, I'm not Christian, but I'm spiritual. And they go over to right. that kind of bullshit right, yeah. instead of the, the, the God-based bullshit. They, they go over to the kind of Deepak Chopra fucking bullshit instead. 
So a lot of right, people right. are kind of porting over to that one. But um, the government liked to use that 79% figure to justify things like bishops in the House of Lords. Say, oh, we're a Christian country. Of course we have 79% of the country's Christian. Why wouldn't we have bishops in the House of Lords? Um, and also mandated school prayer. Because I know prayer in schools is a, a, a big issue in the US. Um, oh, yeah. It's fucking massive. Yep. That we had a we had a poll. You're talking about a poll recently. There was a uh, they polled a bunch of people to find out if uh, if they believe the Bible is literally true over here. Yeah. And a, like there was a staggering amount of people. Um, over the seventy percent of people believe that the Bible is literally true in this one part of South Carolina. And, and it just I just fucking baffled by that. The, literally true that you actually stuffed a fucking ark full of shit. <laughs> like, are you fucking serious? People think it's literally true. So so I did until just a minute yeah. ago. Thanks, Cecil. <laughs> Destroying dreams. That's me. I, when you say it out yeah. loud, it sounds so stupid. <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about your show. Um, recently, you had a, a bit on uh, on mechanically separated chicken yeah. on your show. Yeah. Um, and I just found this absolutely delightful. And I think, Tom, I'm pretty sure you did, too. Oh, I fucking we, loved it. We it thought great. it was absolutely wonderful. And it turns out that you were not 100% correct on your assessment. Uh, but you guys had... I thought, a very convincing argument about this image. Now, what we're talking about is there's an image that's been passed around on Facebook, mm. which is, uh, it looks like strawberry shake coming out of this thing. And it's like, a, it's like a grinder press sort of thing that's shooting some sort of substance out that looks a lot like strawberry ice cream or strawberry, strawberry, uh, strawberry shake mix or something. And it, it, underneath it, the, the, the comment is something like, this, this is a McDonald's product, can you guess which one? And it, the, the article or the ranting that follows normally shows that it's it normally tries to show that it's mechanically separated chicken which they turn into chicken nuggets and you guys did a segment on this that was absolutely delightful where you debunked the entire photo and then you started talking we actually debunked the entire uh, all the text that followed the photo and then you started talking about the photo and you guys had you guys had said that it didn't you didn't seem like mechanically separated chicken to you because of these factors mm. you wound up being incorrect but yeah. I, what I love the best, what I think is the best part about this is that even though you were wrong, you can still feel really good about the process that got you there, which was being skeptical. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and it's, it's something that people need to get the fuck over is it's OK to be wrong as long as you hold your hand up and say, yeah, we fucked that up. Yeah, <laughs> that's OK. Yeah. You know, that's that's but, fine. That's that's how science works. You, you do right. something, you get it wrong. You say, oh, yeah, I fucked that up, didn't I? Never mind. I know better now. But doesn't that make on. it difficult to be rigidly dogmatic? <laughs> it does, oddly. I mean, isn't... <laughs> it turns out you guys technically weren't wrong because it was mechanically separated turkey that was in there instead of mechanically separated chicken. But uh, It does. I actually love the bit in that, in that episode where you're talking about Jamie Oliver's experiment. Oh. Where he, you know, takes chicken and, you know, shows it to all these kids. And they're all like, oh, that's disgusting. And then he goes back and separates it and breads it and fries it and brings it back. And it's like, well, now would you eat it? And the kids are like, well, fuck yeah. You could. Because now it looks you like know? a food. Like, yeah. It's, who, I don't eat fucking raw chicken. Nobody does. Yeah. That's disgusting. What the fuck? You bring it back and you fucking cook it and bread it and spice it. Yeah. Yeah, all right, man. It's a different goddamn ball game. I love what you guys are like. Yeah, that's cookery. <laughs> That's great. That's great stuff. I mean, it just points out how stupid that comparison is. This was a uh, um, a win-win situation for Jamie Oliver as well when he did that little experiment. Because if the kids had gone, "Ooh, that's gross," he would have gone, "See, when they when they see what it is, they don't want to eat it." And then when the sure. kids said, 
Oh yeah, great. I'll eat that. He said, "Look how brainwashed our kids are." So, well, how yeah. do you fucking lose then, Jamie? What's the fucking point <laughs> in this experiment? <laughs> yeah, totally. So, uh, so you guys have a show that's similar to ours, where you guys are explicit. You say uh, some some naughty words on occasion. Uh, yes. Do you find that uh, that your tone and the way in which you approach skepticism and sort of a, with a little bit of a reverence and a little bit of uh, where you kid around and you also you also swear does that turn people off some people off yeah sometimes we get we get we get you know we, we get reviews that come in and say these, these guys are great but you know they would reach more people if they you know didn't use foul language it's like we put a fucking explicit tag up what do you want yeah. Um, <laughs> some people do get put off but the, the, there's a million shows out there with with like no bad language in go well go listen to those you don't have to listen to my show the, f- the fact is this is how i fucking talk i'm not putting right. a, i'm not putting something on for the show i'm not being explicit for the sake of it this is just me this is the way i talk and some people say that swearing is a sign of a limited vocabulary but i say that's fucking bullshit <laughs> what i say what i say is if you're offended by language you really need to reconsider because language is just i mean there's nothing there's nothing offensive you're not offended when i if, I, if you're offended when i say fuck are you offended when i say sex like it's the well, same yeah, thing yeah. here you know like what's the big deal uh so uh so if people were going to find your show uh where would they go to find it uh you can find our website which is mercysaskeptics.org.uk um, or you can find us on iTunes. Search for Skeptics with the Karen iTunes, and you'll find us up on there. Mike, we want to thank you for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it, uh, taking your t- uh, time out of your busy schedule uh, for planning QED and also uh, working on your podcast and being involved in the Skeptic Society over there. Uh, thanks for putting out a great podcast, and we really appreciate appreciate you coming on our show. It's a great show, Mike. Thank you. That's no problem. You're welcome, guys. So we got a couple of Google voices here. We're going to play them for you uh, right now. And uh, and two different people had called in. So here they are. Yeah, I'm calling. I'd like to apologize about my wife trying to give an email. No, no, that's how she signed her name. But really, that's the best she could type. She's an old cunt. I'm sorry about the email. I think you guys are hilarious. Back in my day, you and I would have smoked reefer and had sex with lots of pussies. Why? Well, I tell you, that old cunt, he smells like fish out of water. The old Rudy. Sorry, I, I was inspiration for Bill Cosby's stand-up. My name is Dale, but you could call me Dada. <laughs> well, once again, I like to apologize for that old cunt. I think you guys are fucking hilarious, and your vocabulary is all right with me and my old man wrinkly balls that dip in the water when I take a shit. Uh, science bless you. <laughs> Hey, good morning, gentlemen. This is uh, Andy Campbell. I've sent you guys a few emails here and there. Just wanted to let you know. Enjoy the show. Also interested in seeing how Jack up Google Voice is going to get my message. The reason I called is I was listening to a few of your past episodes, perhaps I'm a glutton for punishment, but I do remember one of the episodes you guys are making a big deal about the lady in Oklahoma who sold $31 worth of marijuana and got 12 years in jail. 
curious is that you guys did a little bit of research on it to note that that was her third offense, and the reason that the judge gave her 12 years other than that being her third offense was because she sold the marijuana in front of all four of her children. I really don't care if somebody smokes a little weed or not. Just thought that, you know, if you know it's a crime and you do it once, you know, yeah, you deserve to kind of get off. You do it again, yeah, you're kind of taking your life into your own hands and your third strike. Well, I don't know. I wanted to get your guys' opinion on what you thought of the three strikes rule and not necessarily marijuana in general. You guys are clearly not against that. But just figured I'd ask, see what your guys' opinion was and also see how totally fucked up Google Voice is going to get my message. So those are the recordings of the Google Voices we got. We're going to talk about them in a second. But before we do, uh, Tom, uh, we would like to tell you what uh, what Google Translate has has said that one of the people had said. So can you go ahead and read one of those voicemails for us? Hey, good morning, gentlemen. This is And If You Have A Lot. So if you get a few (laughs) emails here and there, I just want to let you know, enjoy the show. Also interested in seeing the house jacked up a little bit. Voice is going to get my best. The reason I called it. This is Mrs. Moved in with you of your past episodes. I have some a lot. Bye-bye. But I can't remember what I got. So if you guys are making a big deal, lady, in Oklahoma hassle. $31 with at least 112 jail. Hot. This is there if you guys did a little bit of research on it. It's awesome that it got that right. I know. We didn't get the research right. The note that that was for her defense, hey. Read in the subject paper. Twelve years other than that. Being Arthur's Facebook because she spoke about water. (laughs) I thought of all forever job. I really hope that somebody most of the we not about the who you know, if you know what the crime you do, one, you know, you know, you'd love to kind of do it again. Yeah, it's kind of taken. Well, that sounds like a beat. That's fucking awesome. awesome to read. Well, I think that you're all man of your third strike. Fucking A we are. Hey, hey. Well, hey, wanted to get your dad. And you know <laughs> And you know what product. Oh, that's Three awesome. strikes rule. Not necessarily marijuana. And send it to you guys. We'll do that. Figured I'd ask, see what your guys' opinion world, and also to see how. Hello up. People, voices, messages. Anyway, if that I can. I love that. Awesome. So firstly, we want to say thanks to Bill Cosby for calling in. <laughs> uh, we appreciate Bill Cosby doing the little pudding pop I thing. can hear that your sweater awesome. from here. Yeah. <laughs> With the flippity flop, shibbity dop, doop dop. Yep. Uh, thanks for calling in. Uh, riffing on our joke. We're happy that you that you guys thought it was funny. I was actually, I'll, I will be honest. I actually, when I was mixing last show and I was talking about all the things that I was making fun of that woman for being old for, I was cringing. Oh. <laughs> I was cringing and I was like, I don't know that I'm going to include this. Um, but I did. I wound up including it. I held my nose and I put it on there. So if you were offended by it and you stopped listening, you're not hearing this now. Um, but if you are a hateful person and you enjoy when, it, when I make fun of other people, you're still here, and thank you for listening. I want to talk about the other voicemail we got. Thank you again for calling. I just want to say you, you mentioned the reason why she got put away is because she was 
selling pot in front of her kids and it was a third strike rule. One, I think the three strikes rule is stupid because, first off, I don't think the drugs are that big a deal. She's selling pot. Who cares? And if it's three strikes for selling pot, who cares? Again, I'm, I'm not really that interested in in the fact that she was caught three times or 300 times. You know, I don't think that pot should be illegal anyway. I think it should actually be sold by the fucking government, not by a single person. But then I also, you said, well, she was selling it in front of her kids. You know, it's not illegal to bring a kid into a fucking liquor store either. Right. And, you know, those are that's a place where you're going to go buy something to alter your state. It's not illegal to walk into your grocery store and buy a pack of cigarettes in front of your kid. Like, that's not illegal. She had her fucking one month old in her arm while she was fucking dealing out the baggie. It doesn't bother me because I don't think pot should be. I don't think it's that dangerous a drug. I really don't think it's a dangerous drug. That's just me. Um, I obviously you felt differently about it. I'm glad you called though and told us uh, the background of the story. Well, it's like there's this like supposed seedy underbelly, but there's no seedy underbelly in selling pot. Like, right? That's not. It's not like she's selling fucking black tar heroin to the Mexican cartel. You know, with her kid in tow. That's <laughs> right. a different fucking ball sure. game. She's, 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 she's hiding the heroin in the kid's ass or something. I, I get it. I understand. That's an awful thing. But she's, you know, she's selling pot in front of her kid. I don't think it's that big a deal. I really don't Some feel like Some kid in a, a VW deal. drove up and was like, yeah, yeah like, hey, know, man, yeah. going to the fucking fish show. <laughs> <laughs> Is fish still a thing? I don't think so. <laughs> we got an email from uh, from Lois who just lays into Nana. We're happy that you'd stand up for us, Lois. Thank you very much for listening. We're always happy to get an email from Grandma Lois. Thank you very much for listening. We got an email from uh, Ryan from Converts. Um, the ConvertsDoc.com is a website you should check out. It's a, they've also got a Facebook page. They got some funny videos on there. What, I think their videos they are got very one funny. funny video. Yeah, admittedly they don't have a lot, but they you know they have introductions. With I think that they've already created. I think might be in an entire season on YouTube already because I watched introductions to each one of the people on their website. So they have a lot of clips that they've already done. And it's a beautiful so I th- website. I mean, it's just it is. I think that the the camera work and stuff in this is great. I think this is a professionally done uh, like video cast or whatever it is, whatever they're going to call it, a video series, I think, on YouTube. It's professionally done, though. It looks great. And it's delightfully really mean-spirited. You guys will like it. It is yeah. absolutely mean-spirited. It's, you know, it's in the it's in the flavor of, of sort of the Colbert sort of making fun of, sarcastically pretending you're somebody who believes while making fun of them. It's actually a very funny thing. I think the, the guy on here, um, there's a guy in here who reminds me so much of Michael Scott. I was laughing my ass off when this guy was – at one point, they, they introduce him, and he, he's going to get baptized, and he takes off his his towel, and he's standing there buck-ass naked. And everybody's just like, oh, no. Like it's, it's really funny. Like this is actually a genuinely funny show. So I'm looking forward to this web series coming out, and we're happy, Ryan, that you listen to the show. He's the director of this. We're happy to plug it because we think it's very Absolutely. funny. So it's, yep. it's www.theconvertsdoc.com. We got an email from Andy. I'm going to go ahead and read it. It's short, it's sweet, and it's perfect. I'm at the grocery store last night to grab a couple of things. Standing in line, in the, standing in line, the lady in front of me plops down a big bag of cucumbers, an industrial bucket of Vaseline, a giant oh, can of coffee, didn't. and some other random <laughs> shit. All I could think of was gay cocks dipped in coffee with a side of Vaseline salad. The only thing missing was a bottle of Santorum. Holy God, who is bottling that? I haven't had my appetite all night. Assholes, that uh, you should have gotten her number. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I know she probably is lonely. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So Andy, the original Andy from our previous show, uh, Everyone's a Critic, uh, obviously once in a while listens to this show. And uh, when he's probably you know, done listening to Skeptics with the K and other people that are interesting, he turns us on. But he wants to say, and I, I wish I, I – Andy, I would implore you to post this picture on Facebook, on our, on our uh, Facebook page, just so people could see it because it's absolutely funny. I don't want to post your private pictures. It is fucking hilarious. <laughs> he says he he says fuck Martin and Carlos. I am the number one Mexican American. I don't know how he's American fan because I love that. American, I love that. Mexican American, American fan of the show, and he has been since 1969. Please find the evidence to attach email, and it's Andy in a little sombrero, <laughs> sitting on like a little like a little hassock, I guess, and he's got a poncho on. <laughs> it looks so awesome. This is the greatest picture, Andy. If you happen to listen to this show. Uh, I say you post this on our Facebook page because it is a fucking riot. It's pretty spectacular. It really is. So thanks to some of our listeners, I had posted on our Facebook page a reader's choice uh, from uh, from about.com. They had a, a, a poll a while back that you could suggest your favorite agnostic or atheist podcast. And I posted it on our Facebook page. And we got some snarky remarks. And we also got a couple people said, hey, sure, I'll post for you. So some people suggested our podcast to this for this poll. What's awesome is, is that evidently they ran out of entries and they had to choose us as one of the entries. <laughs> they were, so they, they were really finalists. They had five they contenders. They needed five really, really bad. They had four and they're like, fuck, where do we get the fifth one? Oh, somebody accidentally posted this one. Let's put it on there. So we are actually, if you go to our site, dissonancepod.com, uh, in the corner, the lower left-hand corner is an image. And in that, that image shows that we are a, I put it proudly on our site, a Reader's Choice 2012 About.com finalist for the Atheist and Agnostic Podcast of 2011. You can click that image, and if you click that image, it will take you to a poll. And that poll will list us at the bottom. We are the last one, Cognitive Dissonance at the bottom. And you can submit a vote. Here's the thing. The voting goes on until March 21st. It is currently the end of February. <laughs> the problem is, is that it's not a one vote thing. And now I know this is, you know, I, I, I understand if people don't want to vote multiple times, I get it. I'm going to vote every day because it's my podcast. But if you, if you would help us out uh, to go to our site, click on this link, go there. And when you remember once in a while that you remember, uh, please just vote for us on this on this poll um, just click. All you have to do is either sign in with an email. You have to sign into about.com. Or if you have a Facebook account, you can log in with your Facebook account and just click uh, Cognitive Dissonance. Vote for us. We'd really appreciate it. You know, right now we're, we're in second place in this poll against a podcast right now that is a very big, very large podcast. Uh, and, and we feel good about that. But we'd love it if some of our listeners would just chip in. Take a moment, go to this website, click on Cognitive Dissonance. It's a couple seconds out of your day. You know, maybe you do it 10 or 15 times or uh, at this point 21 times before the next time. <laughs> if you do it for us, we'd really appreciate it. Um, it's just a way to show that you really like the show and that we have a good listener base and you guys are involved. And, we, you know, it, it's just a little bit of an ego boost for us. But still, it's, it'd be nice if, if, we, if we had a good showing in this poll. So last episode, we put out there that uh, we were hoping for entries to our uh, posthumous resignation contest. 
Turns out, it turns out that everybody is making this joke. Yeah, <laughs> this is not an original. Like you stole, you stole Michelle Obachman. I evidently did. Un- I didn't realize unwittingly that. stole Michelle Obachman from David. Who the fuck watches David Letterman? I have no though? idea. I I don't know. Anyway, I don't so even David think he Letterman watches out. his own show. Yeah, he doesn't even. Yeah, he's fucking. He puts that shit out in he's the like, world. Oh, he's like, Conan, hey, like it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but you no. Know, evidently, evidently, we we were late to the joke. We thought we were going to come up with something interesting, but Colbert this week turned all dead Mormons into Jews. By circumcising we, a hot dog with a cigar yeah, cutter. It which was is genius. Awesome. Um, so, uh, so we thought it'd be funny to do this, but somebody did actually play, and we'd like to read you. Uh, Tom, why don't you read the, uh, the resignation letter? Absolutely. This letter is my formal resignation from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, for and in behalf of Joseph Smith, who is dead. <laughs> it is to be effective immediately. I hear be that. I hereby withdraw my consent to being treated as a member, and I withdraw my consent to being subject to church rules, policies, beliefs, and discipline for and in behalf of Joseph Smith, who is dead. <laughs> as he is no longer a member, his name will be permanently and completely removed from the membership roles of the church. This resignation should be processed immediately without any waiting periods. After today, the only contact I want from the church <laughs> is a single letter of confirmation to let me know that Joseph Smith is no longer listed as a member of the church. Thanks, Joseph, for sending that in. You know, the thing is, is now we're going to get into an it-not-it war with them. So it's going to be like, you're it, not it, you're it, not it, you're it, not it, because they're going to keep on baptizing him now. So they're going to baptize him. We're going to have to reread this letter. And then it's just going to be this sort of war over Joseph Smith's spirit. It's like a tug-of-war, like a spiritual tug-of-war. We keep pulling him out of the light. They keep pulling him into the light. Yeah, just by virtue of you having written this letter, you know, you could hear he's in the celestial kingdom. You could hear him he like pulled out. And he's like down in the celestial kingdom right. with the whoremongers and adulterers and what have right. you. And, and us. And us. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So we'll hang out with Joseph. I actually, you know, when I die, I want to be posthumously converted to all the religions in a sort of grand Pascal's wager, right? Like, I don't want to have to convert while I'm alive, and I don't want to have to choose a religion. Right. I just want to be converted to all of the religions. <laughs> all of them. Grand, I love that, Grand Pascal's wager. It's going to take a while, or you could just recruit a lot of people to help you. It's true, but I don't know a lot yeah. of people that like me, you know, so it's, that's the no, real. That's true. That's the crux of the matter. <laughs> admittedly, admittedly. Well, we've, uh, we've wasted a lot of your time here. We want to thank again. Mike from Skeptics with a K. Remember, you can find his podcast at Mercyside Skeptics. That's one word, mercysideskeptics.org.uk. And until next time, we will leave you, as always, with the Skeptics Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death in towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques, and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. 
doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council.